Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Word is Proud Media Partner of Latitude Festival. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.latitudefestival.co.uk. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. This is The Word Podcast. I'm David Hepworth. Answer your names. Alex Gold. Hi there. Fraser Lurie. Hello. Uh, we're actually going to start with this podcast with something we never, ever do, which is a menu, okay, of, of what's going to be covered in, in this podcast. Coming up later in the show, as they say on the radio, uh, we've got an interview with and a couple of numbers from John Hyatt. Uh, we've got details of how you can share our extraordinary day on the river uh, later this month. Uh, we're going to talk in a little bit about what's going to be happening at Latitude, for those of you who are joining us at Latitude this weekend. Uh, but first, Fraser, you spent the weekend working on this mammoth project for the site. Yes. The 40 Noises That Built Pop. That was a lot of editing. I bet it was. Now, this is, this is based on a piece that's been in the magazine in, in two parts. Uh, the first part, the previous the issue, uh, the second part is in the issue that's out this week. Uh, written by Rodri Marsden, and it's basically about how pop is less about music and more about noises. And so these are the noises that actually built pop. And it starts with the Jerry Lee Lewis piano glissando, where he runs his fingers uh, down the keyboard, and it goes not quite up to date with Cher and, and uh, auto-tune and so forth on, on Believe. And so what Fraser's done, I can't believe he's done this, he's actually found an example of every single noise on this list and put them on the website for you to, to enjoy yourself with and familiarise yourself with and also add to. So I, I just thought it'd be interesting to, to see what are people's favourites that have actually been on this list so far. Alex, you're a musician as well, so many of these, many of these noises will be you know, meat and drink to you, aren't they? Well, well, I say I am, but um, <laughs> well, I, I, probably yeah, my my, um, my favourite on the list has to be uh, screaming vocals. I used to work in this um, in this drinking establishment in High Wycombe that doubled up as a strip bar. It was a strip bar in a day, and then in the evening they used to have loads of metal bands on, and um, 
I used to be behind a bar on a Friday night as the fans would come on. And invariably, there would be a little weedy kid coming on going, oh, yeah, we're um, Angel of Death. And <laughs> they're going, ooh. <laughs> so he actually, in this list, does he, he attributes this to Slayer, doesn't he? I think yeah, yeah. Slayer's a very particular kind of screaming vocal, isn't it? it? it, is, it there are particular genres of scream, you know. There's, um, there are, aren't there? There are many screams in pop. Indeed, it's, it's, it's an art. You know, um, there's there's a certain standard person that will say, "Oh, it's just noise," but it's not. It takes practice, and you know, you've got you've got to know what you're going for. You know, what's the best scream in pop, Fraser? Uh, I think it's going to be Daltrey. I won't get fooled again. It has, hasn't it? Just the classic rock it's scream. Just, uh, uh, because it's it's placed at the perfect position yeah. in the tune, isn't it? You know, it's. Uh, but you're so right about the Slayer scream being this kind of uh, <laughs> this otherworldly kind of evil person. It's a noise that no human being would normally make in their in their everyday life, isn't it? It, it is. You know, <laughs> oh, I, know I don't know. I know a couple of people who, <laughs> but. Um, there's, yeah. a great, there's a great clip on YouTube of a uh, heavy metal singer warming up doing um, scales with the screen, so he's going, oh, 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 <laughs> It's a fantastic thing, playing the piano at the same time. Who's that? I don't, no one I'd ever heard of, no. So what's your favourite on the list? I really like the um, Daft Punk low-pass uh, filter, because I think it's such a clever trick. I'm not sure I could do an impersonation of it, but, but it's basically it's just it's turning a knob, and so that the music appears to start from coming from next door and slowly gets nearer and nearer and nearer and then leaps into your, into your imagination. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant trick. I suppose that's one of the interesting things about this piece, where, how it starts with musical noises and it ends up with studio noises, yes. doesn't it? Mechanical noises, because that's increasingly the way the music's put together. The, the one that I am... Um, I'm no musician, uh, but the one that, I, that I'd still like is, uh, is number 29, actually, which is the gated reverb drum as made famous by Phil Collins yes. and uh, subsequently used in, in that commercial featuring the gorilla and, yes. and so forth. Can't remember what it was advertising. Chocolate. Uh, Cadbury. There you go. Uh, and he actually... He, he, they used to have a stone room, didn't they? At Virgin Studios down in Gold Hot Road, wherever Virgin Studios... Townhouse? The old Townhouse Studios? Ah. I don't think it's still there, is it? I don't know. Um, and they had, actually had a stone room to make that sounding, because you, need, you needed that to, to get that very particular Phil Collins sound of a, a kind of wardrobe falling downstairs. There's know? a couple of studios that still have those, actually. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of residential ones in, in Wales, I think, that, that have specific stone rooms ju- just for drums so they can, yeah, they yeah, can yeah. achieve that, that bigness. So anyway, one of the reasons Fraser's put this on the site, uh, and you can find it at wordmagazine.co.uk slash 40 noises, is that correct? Right? Uh, it, it's so that people can obviously nominate further ones that ought to be on that list because this is not supposed to be a comprehensive list of all the noises that built pop because obviously new ones are being invented all the time and uh, and so we're soliciting your suggestions i've actually got a communication here that mike uh, 70s johnson got from his mate uh, michael mann from streatham who pointed out that we we didn't mention the Vox Continental organ sound. Okay. Which is... Can you give us an example of that? Well, I can't do an impersonation of this, (laughs) but if you're familiar with uh, Question Mark of the Mysterians' 96 Tears, and if you're not familiar, how were you possibly dragged up, you know? Uh, that's the sound uh, of the organ, you know, the, the thing that stands up on on, uh, on big metal legs, you know. Uh, that sound is uh, is something we ought to have there. He also suggests the Kevin Shields glide guitar that made the My Bloody Valentine's album so distinctive. Uh, 
Fender Jaguars and Jazzmasters fitted with elongated tremolo arms so that he could hold on to them while he strummed, giving that woozy effect. Does that mean anything to you, Alex? It does. It sends me a bit of a flutter, actually. Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> and so what do you think should be on the list? Anything you want to add? I think uh, non-musical noises should be added to the list of musical noises. You're talking here about, what, sound effects and things? Um, yeah, basically things that aren't... Um, things that aren't uh, musical in any way being added to, to recordings. Uh, but they're used so often... In a me- yeah. ..that they're almost part of the musical palette, aren't they? Indeed. Go on, give us some examples. Um, one, uh, one example is that the, the, the helicopter has heard at the, uh, the beginning of uh, Oasis's Be Here Now signifying something really, really important that I never quite tell you what it is. Bigness. It's all that bigness. <laughs> it's all yeah. that bigness, isn't it? It's the idea of, yeah, we are landing yeah. from This is going to be epic. Yeah. <laughs> Does the record live up to the, uh, to the intro? Well, I think it's actually quite... Um, um, quite underrated. I mean, with a little bit of editing, you know. Sonically, right. it does. It sounds like you're being slapped around the face with something really massive. A helicopter. A helicopter. A helicopter yeah. So helicopter landing. What else you got? Uh, the motorbike. The motorbike. Of on many of our favourite pop records. Indeed. Me My favourite being the beginning of uh, of, of Love Is the Drug by Roxy Music, where yes. you actually hear the biker go across the car park. You've got the great uh, Bat Out of Hell one, which is actually a guitar. It sounds like a motorbike rather than a motorbike. Oh, it's very convincing. Oh, interesting. What, any more? Uh, yeah, uh, Morse code. Oh, right. Again, um, as used by Oasis, um, inexplicably. But no, you know, it, it's just there. It's actually Morse code is probably on loads of records. It's on it? the beginning of YYZ by Rush. They uh, tap out the uh, on a symbol <coughs> the uh, Morse code landing numbers for Montreal Airport. Uh, there you go. Very oh. interesting. <laughs> okay, so so we've got helicopter. Motorbike, Morse code, anything else? The telephone. The telephone. As used to, uh, at the beginning of Blondie's hanging on the telephone. Hanging on the yep. telephone. You see, the telephone ring used to be on loads of records, didn't it? You don't get it anymore, do you? That's because all phones have different rings, I you guess. Have a ring, you'd have to have a ringtone now, wouldn't you? Oh, you probably do get that. Or oh, Crazy Frog. <laughs> yes, yeah, I suppose so. Any more? Um, yeah, uh, finally, guns. 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 Favourite? MIA. Planes, uh, yeah. Where the, the percussion is pretty much uh, kind of. Uh, is that a Glock? Is anybody uh, familiar with I'm the, no expert in this field. No, no, it's not my area. So if anybody would like to tell us exactly which, uh, which firearm is used on that, we'd be delighted <laughs> to hear. Fraser, what would you like, like to add to the 40 noises that built pop? Uh, well, I don't know what the name of this is, but it's the, uh, the scar mouth percussion noise that. Absolutely. What's that called? Yeah, well, I think you've just named it. It's mouth percussion. I okay. mean, because surely it is done by somebody standing next to the microphone. I think so. Yeah. Making that noise. How else would you do it? It's not an actual percussion device, is it? A very small chain. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's other ones that haven't been... Um, that have come up in, in, in conversation around the office. The dubstep wobble. Yep. Yes. Let's all do that, listeners. <laughs> you know the thing. You know the thing. Uh, rave stabs. Okay. Which are those keyboard uh, that, 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 that things yep. that, out of which rave records are, are, are built. Uh, and also we're, we're trying to find examples of Italian house piano, which is a bit similar. So anyway, the floor is open to you, dear listener, dear reader. 
to please add as many as you can there. And uh, examples, you know, things that we can actually listen to. Wordmagazine.co.uk forward slash 40 noises. This is a junction in the Word podcast. It separates that bit from this next bit. The latest in our Word in Your Ear series of gigs is with a bit of a difference, isn't it, Alex? It is indeed. How's it different, Alex? It's different because uh, instead of being on land... Instead of being on terra firma... It's going to be on the water. On the water. And which particular body of water is it going to be taking place on, Alex? Old Father Thames. Old Father Thames. The the mighty river through through the world's greatest city is, is actually going to be the home of, for one afternoon only... Uh, the date being Sunday afternoon, the 24th of July. We're taking to the water. On what craft are we going on, Alex? We've uh, managed to uh, procure a Dixieland paddle steamer. Perfect. Has it got a name? <laughs> As it's called the Dixie Queen. Oh, right. I, th- I think we should name it the SS Word for, for the <laughs> afternoon or something like that. Uh, the Dixie Queen, which will be setting off from Tower Pier... And about, what, 2.30, I think, something like that? Yeah, we'll set off 2.30 sharp, so... Um, 2.30 sharp. Don't be uh, late. And don't can't be late. Well, uh, and it will set off down the river, uh, and uh, and you're taking various sites, Greenwich Naval College, the uh, the Thames Barrier, uh, the O2, <laughs> if your heart lifts at the site of the O2, all kinds of things. Uh, you'll be in the company of uh, of all of us. And, uh, and as many word readers as can get tickets. And also, musical entertainment is taking place on this craft, isn't it, Alex? Indeed it is, courtesy of a uh, celebrated vaudevillian Hokum Blues man, C.W. Stone King. C.W. Stone King, the king of the Hokum Blues. On a paddle steamer. On a paddle steamer, good grief, with his primitive horn orchestra. So if you close your eyes while you're going down towards the Thames Barrier, you'll be able to imagine... That you're you're just you're just going around Natchez Trace in Mississippi or whatever, yeah, and that uh, you know that King Oliver and his original jazz band are actually down the end of the boat, and that you're about to have a few hands of poker. I don't I don't imagine we have a license to do that. Anyway, that's what it is. Word on the water, we're calling it. Yeah, this takes place on Sunday the twenty fourth of July. Tickets are thirty five pounds per person. Um, but there's uh, £12.50 for under 18, so, you know, free to bring, bring the family and so forth. There's obviously... What else is going to be taking place? There is a bar there, isn't there? We're recording one of these. We're a recording live. a podcast with the full team. Uh, and so you'll be able to witness this extraordinary event. And there may well be questions from the audience. There may well be questions from the floor. There may well be audience participation. Uh, a huge amount of fun is guaranteed for all. And, uh, I'm going. Absolutely. I'm going also. Alex is oh, going, Mark's going, Kate's going, Mike's going, everybody's going. And we've managed to arrange, you're guaranteed the sun's going to shine. <laughs> we've actually fixed that as well. Uh, and so it sets off at 2.30, comes back at 5.30, and so you then carry on nice. with your, your normal business afterwards. Uh, so that's word on the water and uh, booking now. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Tickets going fast. What's the date again? The date is the Sunday, the 24th of July, Fraser. Okay. I'm glad you asked Thank me you. that. Uh, and if you want to book tickets, if you go to wordmagazine.co.uk slash cruise, you'll be able to do it there. 
If you'd like to get each and every Word podcast a whole day early, have access to all the hundreds of Word podcasts we've done over the last five years, and want to keep in touch with everything going on on our website, then you need the Word podcast app for iPhone and iTouch. The Word podcast is the form of entertainment that civilization has been working towards. A bunch of people stuck in a wardrobe talking utter bollocks. Search for the Word podcast app on iTunes. It costs £3.99, practically giving it away, as opposed to actually giving it away, which is what we've been doing so far. So, Fraser, funny thing crossed my mind when I was reading in the paper about this being the final voyage of the space shuttle taking place this Very week. sad. Isn't it? I haven't followed the details of this, but this is pretty much America saying, we've had enough of this, yeah? We're not going to space anymore. Yeah. Johnny Russian, you can do it if you want to, yeah? It's there. There's a lot of it. Um, and, and it struck me that, you know, as this era may, may come to a close, the biggest legacy of, of space will be... Not strange kind of chemicals that they find on the moon. Not Velcro. <laughs> you know, not, not things that power your watch or anything like that. The great legacy will be that space really appealed to pop song writers, didn't it? Even before we were going to space, it did. It's, Go there's, on, there's tell us. great 1950s compilations of space-age songs full of weird spooky noises and that kind of stuff, which was well before even the Russians were going up. I suppose so, yes, yeah. It just appealed to the imagination of, uh, of songwriters and record makers, didn't it? Yeah. Um, what's your favourite space pop song? It's got to be Telstar by the Tornadoes. Oh, uh, Margaret Thatcher's favourite uh, pop record as well. Can we edit this bit out? <laughs> that's fine. It's a great, that's it's a great song. to Tommy Hibbert. Uh, I just think that, that's the template for all space songs. Yeah, you have a spooky noise swirling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space Oddity, of course. Yes. Which is still David Bowie's greatest song. Probably life on Mars. That and be still, my favorite. and his space oddity space as well. And his space oddity, absolutely. His space oddity came on the radio right now. It would sound as fresh yes. as it did when it was made. Yeah, it's extraordinary, really. When because <laughs> normally nothing dates faster than future. Yes, absolutely. Futurism. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this hasn't at all. Um, other favourites, um, Mister Spaceman by the Birds. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Spaceman, won't you please take me along? I won't do anything wrong. <laughs> well, the last thing you'd want on a space trip is someone misbehaving. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the carpenters calling, calling occup- occupants of interplanetary, interplanetary craft. Interplanetary craft. I mean, which has to be the most syllables ever put in a line in the pop song, pretty yeah. much. Um, and so, you know, the, those were. Do, do you think on. they wrote that thinking that someone might hear it? Yes, I suppose it's always it's always got to be in the back of your mind, doesn't yeah. it? You know, they're always hoping they're going to have the first hit on Mars, <laughs> aren't they? Weren't we discussing this on a recent podcast that record contracts territories unknown, territories yet to be discovered? Yeah. So it means that you know if they find if they can settle Mars tomorrow, you're signed to Mars. You're signed to EMI on Mars yeah. as well. Uh, so you know if, if you've got any if you've got any further thoughts on. Um, on on space pop songs that uh, <coughs> are particularly close to your heart, you know, don't forget to share them with us on uh, wordmagazine.co.uk. So big week this week, Fraser. Very busy week this week because we're all off to latitude. On we Friday. are. Yep. 
Uh, and now you went to the meeting the other day. I missed the meeting, which uh, which uh, outlined what's going to be happening in the word lounge. I think we're calling it. It's the word lounge. It's a new tent for this year, as opposed to our. We've still got our big stage. music stage at the top of the hill next to the Obelisk Arena. We've also got a new tent. There's a much smaller, more intimate word lounge, where we'll be providing all sorts of entertainment. I think we're going to do some Q and A's, record some podcasts, and have a little bit of live music as well. So if you're going, uh, if you're going to Latitude, make a point of uh, dropping in. Yeah, we'll have um, posters up around the site um, telling people exactly what's happening and when. But uh, I mean, a few of the names that I think we've got confirmed include uh, Katie Tunstall, uh, Simon Armitage, C.W. Stunking again, um, I'm Clute, there might be Giants. I think we've got Robert Ince and Lucy Porter coming along at some point, which would be great. So, yeah, there's, uh, and also on Sunday we're doing a Britpop podcast with... Uh, Mark it's a heated Allen. debate about Brit. Brit it Pop, will be it? Mark Allen, Andrew Harrison, who they're both there at the time. Stuart McConey and Louise Wenner. Uh, so that should be good. So if you, <coughs> excuse me, if you're coming to Latitude, and I do hope you are, again we guarantee the weather's going to be fantastic. It will We've be. Got that worked out, uh, and uh, come along to the the word uh, the word lounge down the bottom of the hill. Exactly, and we'll see you there. The Word Podcast from Marconi to DLT. To this. And now, as promised, our musical guest on this podcast, John Hyatt, one of my favourite singers and songwriters from the United States, uh, popped into the uh, the commodious studio uh, the other day uh, to talk about and plug his latest album, Dirty Jeans and Mudslide Hymns. Uh, he's going to talk about all sorts of things in a moment, including his tenure in Little Village and uh, Nick Lowe and all sorts of things. But first, uh, this song is called All The Way Under. <laughs> Sorry. 
guitar uh, <laughs> playing uh, uh, what's that song called it's got all the way under all the way under from uh, dirty jeans and uh, mudslide hymns go let's go back john when you first started the music business it was a, is it a songwriter wasn't it working for a publisher well you know i moved to nashville when i was 18 and um i i, I really went there because it was the closest place that had music going on to to my hometown and i was too kind of uh, you know kid from a cornfield to be going to los angeles or new york they just seem too scary too yeah too frightening and too far away and uh, so nashville was 300 miles south and i'd, I'd passed through nashville the uh, a previous the year before uh and met a guy named bob frank who was a folk singer he, he had a deal with vanguard records the great uh, uh new york folk label and he was from memphis and uh he kind of was a folk, blues kind of singer. And he was living in Nashville, and he was writing for Tree Publishing Company uh, and making 25 bucks a week. So I sort of just set my sights on that. I said, well, if this guy can do that, maybe I can you know, get arrested in you know, a similar situation. So I came down the next year kind of, kind of with that in mind. I didn't really know about you know, the mechanics of uh, being a songwriter, per se, or writing songs for other people. I kind of had you know, my own... Uh, artistry in mind you know and presumably you found out very quickly in nashville that there are thousands of people in there writing songs there, you know the, the, the biggest concentration yeah, of the songwriters mail, in the world the mailman writes songs right yeah everybody writes songs but uh well, but, does that happen that people kind of pitching songs in restaurants and so forth? yeah i mean it's but you know it's interesting because uh, uh songwriting is an actual uh you know it, it's a uh it's a job that uh, has some dignity to it in Nashville. You know, you're not looked down upon, you know, for, for being a songwriter. So uh, it has some cachet. You, right, know? you, right. you actually kind of feel good about being a songwriter. Yeah. So. I remember reading about, uh, the, uh, and I can't remember the name of the, the songwriter, some guy, a legendary Nashville figure. He used to sit in a bar all every afternoon, and he was writing lyrics on, on oh, cocktail napkins. More than one of those. But you're, <laughs> I think you're probably talking about, um, oh, God. Jet lag is uh, is reared its ugly head, but uh, um, we can't remember the name. But yeah, but you, you uh, know who I'm talking. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I can see him sitting at the bar, but uh, but I got the feeling reading about him that it was half the battle in Nashville was could you come up with a title 
that was kind of catchy enough. That yeah, I guess you know the old traditional country songs were similar to the old, the great old blues songs. You know, if you had a good, if you had a good title, you could, you had something you could run. Yeah, with. halfway there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was hanging out at Tree, the, rubbing shoulders with guys like Bobby Braddock, who wrote all the great George Jones songs. Uh, he stopped loving her today, and D I V O R C E, and right. Curly Putnam was there at the time. He wrote Green Green Grass at Home. And, you know, I didn't have a clue how to write those kind of songs i was just a kid and just being around those guys though was you know pretty thrilling but it is still an area of, of music isn't it country where songs still have to tell, tell a story don't they they've got to mean something <clears throat> yeah you know it's been i guess it's been you know as country music has gone through its you know uh twists and turns and turned into some kind of uh it's 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 a form of popular music now yeah. that's not really kind of doesn't resemble what country music used to be as a lot of music right. does, doesn't but uh it's kind of a different deal but it still has that <clears throat> it still has that same idea people get together and try and write a song that uh, that has a lyric and a story that uh, you know that uh, that anybody can kind of what was get, your f- get what was your first success as a writer um I uh, I got lucky with... Uh, I, I made a record within a couple of years of being down there. I got signed to Epic Records through a guy out of New York City uh, uh, named Don Ellis, not the famous uh, horn player. but uh, And uh, I made a record for, for Epic called Hanging Around the Observatory. It had a song on it called Sure As I'm Sitting Here, and Three Dog Night covered it. Right. So that was my first real cover. I had a song... That covered by Tracy Nelson and Mother Earth when I first got to town. They they were there at the time, and uh, and that was my first cover. But you know, it wasn't. So since then you've had your songs done by all kinds of people, haven't you? Yeah, it's you know it's been kind of a. Uh, it wasn't what I set out to to to, to do, but it's uh, it's been a, it's been a great uh, great sort of. Uh, Side, about, side career. Say, Bob Dylan did one of your songs. He did he? indeed. Yeah, did the usual. He did. Yeah, for a, for a film that. Uh, oh right, he did the yeah, Hearts of Fire. That's the it? one. That strange <laughs> film. You're you're one of a few people that actually remember. Yeah, <laughs> but Bob Dylan doesn't do many of other people's songs. No, it was been, it was quite long. Right, right. Of course, he's also cut Froggy Went a Courtin', so you know. <laughs> but but that's a much better song too. So, <laughs> so who else has done your songs? Did Roseanne Cash do one of your songs? Yeah, she right? she she's cut a couple of. My tunes. And, right. uh, in fact, that was the first sort of country hit that I ever that I ever had. She did a, a song called "The Way We Make a Broken Heart," which which Ry Cooter also cut. Right, right, right. It's, that was my introduction to Ry. Right. Yeah. So Ry Cooter, you famously worked with on well, they Ry Cooter, Jim Keldner, and Nick Lowe played on yeah. your record "Bring the Family" That's whenever right. that came out. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven, yeah. which is not that long ago. <laughs> only yesterday. That's right. Uh, and that then led to the formation of. Little Village, That's which is right, the four yeah. of you. Yeah, yeah. What happened with Little Village? You know, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm sure. Uh, uh, I don't know. We we just sort of uh, we put it together, and I think I think there was friction with managers, and uh, I think uh, some misunderstandings. That I don't know. Right. I, I really don't know. But it uh, it just kind of imploded, and because you made a record on you know with Warner Brothers, yeah, and, and you talked, <clears throat> and then there was. Nothing happened yeah, afterwards. Yeah, I, I think there's a second record that needs to be made. Frankly, that's my sort of been my feeling all along. And what there's unfinished business. There. Yeah, it feels like it to me. And do you think that'll ever happen? I, I kind of think so. 
I mean, I'm a hope. I'm a hopeful guy. Right, right. <laughs> but you still have to get four managers, and you yeah. have to get everybody going in the right direction at the right time, do you? Yeah, I think if I think if the guys just talked, it could probably. That's probably the simplest way. Right. And I, I imagine, you know, one of us will have to get off the dime and give the other a call. <laughs> but you're I mean, all kind. Of, you're all, you're all kind of friendly. Well, actually, I haven't. I haven't had. I haven't talked to. I haven't heard from any anybody. So I don't know if I'm on the outs or, or just. They're not uh, doing it without you. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Actually, I think I think Nick Nick and Rye have actually done some shows together. Right, right. Yeah. Well, well, Nick Lowe, who was sitting where you're sitting only a few weeks ago, he'll yeah. probably be listening to this podcast. So you know that's. Uh, hey, Nick. The first step. <laughs> Let's talk about other collaborations. I, I, I was looking on the uh, on the web last night, and there you are. You've done many shows with Lyle Lovett, haven't you? You do these yeah, kind of two-handed uh, shows. Tell us how those work. They're very it's, interesting. You know, yeah, they are very interesting. <laughs> it's kind of like the Smothers Brothers, if you ever caught yeah. that American show. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We, we started doing this songwriter thing about 20 years ago with, uh, with two other Texas songwriters, uh, Guy Clark and Joe Ely. And I was the odd man out, being from Indiana, uh, but uh, Lyle's from Texas, of course. And we 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 did it uh, originally. This Country Music Foundation actually came up with the idea and put us out on the road. Uh, and it was sort of a like a workshop, you know. They had a Q and A session and all that sort of thing, and a moderator on stage. And then and then we enjoyed it so much that we we went out the next year and did it on our own as the the four guys. And we would do that every couple of years for the last 20 years or so. And then I think about starting three years ago or so, uh, Lyle and I just started going out the two of us. So there's the two of you on stools kind of thing? Yeah, we just... alternately. Yeah, we just, we just swap songs. We, we, we've never worked anything out. We've, we've started... If we sing on each other's songs, it's spontaneous, and we it's kind of learn as you earn kind of thing. And it's very, it's very uh, uh, you know, loose and... Uh, so you sit there and you listen to each other's songs. Yeah, and we'll sing, we'll join in, I'll play guitar on some of his stuff, and we tell stories and lies and, you know. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's good. People seem to enjoy it. It's interesting how those kind of things seem to be developing more and more nowadays, that people are finding new ways of doing live shows. Yeah. I suppose in many sense are very old ways, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. Well, you know, you can only take the, uh, the, the bells and whistles so far. You know, you get the... The U two, right? The, <laughs> three, the 360 thing, and you know where do you go from there? I mean, yeah. it, I mean, people not not anything against that, but you know, people like uh, smaller, intimate, more you know, right. more uh, dressed down kind of things as well too. So you've also been doing cruise entertainment, haven't you? Indeed, you know. Go on, since, tell us about that. Well, it's, I think the baby boomers took over the cruise industry, you they, know, they, and, they, and, they, they, and they, they decided that the, the, the music the music sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was, I was again looking at this uh, yesterday. Was it Kayamo Cruises? Yeah, Kayamo. Yeah, they do. They They're do big this. American company. Yeah, they put out all kinds of crazy cruises. And uh, so, how does that work? You set off from Florida or something? Going yeah, to the West you, we, I, we. I've done it for this is like this will be my fourth year out of five years, and uh, I've done it with the band. I've done it solo, and this this year I'm doing it with. Uh, we're doing the Lyle, Lyle and John show, so to speak. And uh, you just—it's a week, and you do like four nights, 
It's right. the, it's you know it's the best gig you can possibly get. You get paid for taking a vacation, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. singing singing for people. And for, you, for you're wandering around and mingling with the. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't passengers. you can't unless you want to just stay in your room and hide, which uh, you know right. doesn't doesn't appeal to me. So yeah, you get out and you meet people, and you know it's it's nice. Right, right. No, I noticed that uh, I was looking at it yesterday, and Richard Thompson is. Uh, yeah, is doing it now. There you go. And I, 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 the idea of Richard Thompson on a cruise somehow—that—that that is a little odd. It's a little odd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that sounds really interesting. The um, going back to your record, one thing I want to talk to you about, and I think this record starts with—I um, haven't got the list in front of me. Damn this town! Damn this town! Oh. I'm leaving. Yeah. And it ties in with a number of other tracks on this record that. So much American music seems to be about leaving somewhere or going somewhere else. <laughs> well, we're collapsing, Dave. <laughs> we're just trying to get out from under, under it before it all comes down around our ears. No. But this has gone on for, for years, yeah, hasn't it? You know, that, and I think it's, it's so much, seems to me, so much a part of American music is almost taken for granted. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's we we you know when when we when we came over from Europe, we were leaving Europe because we'd used it up. You know, we were looking for the Americas to find. You know, we'd used all the timber, we'd used all the stone, we'd you know we'd 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 pretty well you know used the resources of Europe. So we were looking for north of you know we were looking for new new land. So we you know. Our forefathers came over to America, discovered America, and oh look, yeah. <laughs> new stuff! <laughs> it's a kind of American impulse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's wander, wander. Is it a sense of getting away? From we come things? back, David. <laughs> we don't just leave. So, how many different places, for instance, have you lived in the, in the United States? You know, I've, I've mainly lived in Nashville most right. most of my life. I moved there when I was eighteen. I lived, until that point, I lived in Indianapolis. I moved to Nashville when I was 18. I left in 70, that was 71. I left in 77 and moved out to the West Coast for about eight years, and I came back to Nashville in 85. I've lived there most of my life. Right. So you're probably quite unusual, because most Americans, or a lot of Americans, seem to live in various different cities. They move about all the time for job and so forth. Yeah, not so much anymore. Right. <laughs> There aren't any jobs, because in case economy. you hadn't noticed. Yeah. Yeah, well, I ha yes, yeah. certainly. I mean, it, it, there is quite a bit of that in this record, isn't there? Quite a bit of that feeling of, um, uh, of things being a bit stuck in the mud in America. Yeah, I, well, you know, a couple of the songs came out of, uh, you know, there's all these... Uh, uh, there's been heavy weather happening back home. Like, uh, a couple of songs deal with that. Well, Nashville had a big flood last last this time a year ago, last last May. And uh, the whole city was affected by. I mean, it was, it was Katrina level flooding. You know, it was pretty serious, and a lot of people lost everything. You know, homes, and uh, you know, it was pretty pretty devastating for a lot of folks. And and uh, our farm got pretty torn up, and I was unable to get to my wife. So that you know, and it was it was traumatic. You know, that right. kind of stuff will really make you think about you know, rethink your. Uh, Reconnoiter, you're, uh, you know. You're, so it's like going back to the late twenties and yeah. all those songs about floods. And, yeah, kind of. You and know, the crop when, failing. Yeah, and so forth. you start, you start to, you know, right. You start to, you know, you know, kind of reconsider what the, what's important and right. your your little sandcastles and how, yeah. you know how impermanent it all is. I've got to ask you about your motor vehicles. 
You've got a lot, haven't you? No, no. No? Where, where did you get that notion? I thought I read this somewhere, that you're no. keen on cars. I anyway. love cars, but right. I don't... How many have you got? Ownership is not necessary All right, for me. Tell us about your favourite cars. Oh, well, I love, you know, I love the big clunky old American pieces of art, ma- mainly for the beauty right. and, and the sound. You know, they don't necessarily drive well. Right. <laughs> Great cruisers. Great cruisers. Uh, but uh, I love the old... Uh, the old American race cars, the front engine often housers that ran at uh, Indianapolis. I was a kid. You come from yeah. the center of yeah. that kind of. Yeah, so I, you know, I was, I used to go to the, the Indy 500 the whole month of May. When I was a kid, you'd go out the whole month and watch them practice. And the front engine often housers and the old Novi's that had the V8s in them, to hear that car coming down the straightaway at 200 miles an hour was just unbelievable sound, you know, just incredible. Well, 150 in those days. Um, so you know that that kind of stuff. I like I like oval track racing, uh, road racing as well. You know, I'm not that particular. I drive a Honda uh, Element, which is like a little milk truck. <laughs> I don't think they have them over here, but it's like a little utility vehicle. Right, right. Yeah. Do you watch Top Gear? I do. I love that guy. Those guys. Which guy? Well, I like the big tall guy. Jeremy Clarkson. He's funny. Yeah. I've got. A, it fascinates me this because. You know, we have loads of American TV coming over here, but yeah. very little British TV goes to the yeah. United States. Yeah, but I watch that show. Tom Gear is clearly a, a I want to. I want to go on and do a lap. A bear. I want to do a lap. I see Alice Cooper was on the other week. Was he? Oh, yes, 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 yes. You'll have to get your people working on that. That's clearly now. It's the new objective, isn't it, for American entertainers coming over here. Tom Cruise was on it not long ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's little hope for me. <laughs> Between Alice Cooper and Tom Cruise, I don't, I don't, I don't Do you think you'd me. do well? On the, on the uh, you know, don't we all think that? Isn't that why we right. our egos sort of would? Yeah, sure. I think I'd do well. I'm imagining I'd be the best, but, <laughs> but I'm sure I'll fall short of that. If I so, so what do you like about it? Watching it is it because it's not like American TV? Well, yeah, the guys are bright and funny and hilarious, and they make you know they're they're more like your friends talking about cars and less right. like these you know American car rags are mostly you know yeah. Mostly right wing, you know, right crazy people. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but a little less interesting, let's put it that way. But it's obviously with some exceptions. It's obviously touched a chord, hasn't it, in America? Top Gear. Yeah, it's yeah, it enjoys quite an audience. Right, right, right. See, you're coming back in the new year to play. Yes. With a band. Yes. Does this band have your daughter in it? No. Oh, right. No, she has her own band. Oh, really? Yeah, called The Drop Ponies, and she's just finished making a record all on her own. Scraped together the money to do it herself. Got got her own thing together. I stayed completely out of it. And, well, and how old is she? She's 20, just turned 27. Right, right. And, and her name is? Lily Hyatt. Right. Yeah, Lily Hyatt and The Drop Ponies. Look for it. She's going she's gonna to hook up with somebody. Right. She's, it's really good. It appears to be one of those things, one of the few examples of family businesses, doesn't it, nowadays, that musicians tend to breed other Common musicians. families, yeah, it seems like. Well, you know, I think, uh, yeah, her mother has a lot to do with it, maybe, too. But uh, And we've got another kid in the, in the pipeline that's got all kind of things up her sleeve, too. So <laughs> right. you just never know with these kids what's going to come up. So, John, you're going to play us another tune? Yeah, I thought, I, I thought I'd play a little more of a sort of a ballad. You talked about leaving, how we're always leaving. 
This is a... This is a song about leaving, saying goodbye. Well, got a tune. It's close enough. Just that long I never knew you were so strong I guess I never will So adios to California Nothing to do but turn around Always knew there's someone coming for you
result with one hand clapping. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. John Hyatt, thanks very much. Thank you, Dave. My pleasure. If you've been affected by any of the issues in this podcast, go to wordmagazine.co.uk or apply at your newsagent every month. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.